0: Tuned in to new stars with Neil Clark playing the up-and-coming artist first. Hear their stories before anyone else. Coming up on today's show.
1: Well, I was rolling and tumbling, crying the whole night long. But love, it never leaves, because love is here to stay. The thrill is gone. Three mm-hmm. gone.
0: to New Stars Show, where I open the studio doors to the new, the unknown and unsigned singers, songwriters and musicians to tell their story. Today, I'm talking to 2019 Black Music Awards winner for Best Female Jazz Vocalist and signed to the UK's leading classic and new soul label, Expansion Records. I give you Habaka. welcome to the show.
2: Hi Neil, hello. It's so glad. I am so glad to be here today and I'm very honored to be here.
0: Well, I'm honored that you are here because I've heard a lot about you and your songs are fantastic. Um, But you were born into a performing arts family. Your grandfather, Jerry Jackson, was a pianist and promoter. Your grandmother Irene Jackson is a dancer, your mother Marianne Jackson, a dancer and jazz vocalist. Your father, Melvin Jackson, a band leader to Bobby Blue Band for sixteen years, a saxophonist to the legendary BB King <laughs> of all people <laughs> the king of the blues for more than a decade.
2: Yes Wow yes. Yes, 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 yes to all of those. And I am I am very honoured uh, to be part of that legacy.
0: I should think you are. There comes a price with a legacy, either a positive or a negative one. And this is what I want to talk to you about, because coming from such a background of musical talent, was this something you've always wanted to do? Or was there some peer pressure?
2: That is a very good question. Actually, I took on the part of I wanted to be a dancer. (laughs) And I actually studied dancing uh, for 16 years. And I was, if I must say so myself, I was very, very good at it. And I was not even thinking about performing as a vocalist or any of that. I I wasn't interested in becoming a a, a a professional vocalist. Um, And surprisingly my parents, my mother really did not want me in the entertainment industry as far as that was concerned and she really just focused more so on, yes she gave me the arts by putting me in dancing school and I took piano lessons even though I don't know how to play but I have a good ear with it. Um but I just really didn't have the interest. I went to school, I studied, you know, other things. I love people. I was in sales and marketing and that sort of thing. And then my mom really didn't push me in that, in that direction. And she was really surprised actually, once I did start singing, I sang in school, in the school choir, you know, and, um, and band and, I enjoyed singing, you know, with a group of people. So I really didn't look at it as I was going to become a professional vocalist and actually follow in my parents' footsteps.
0: <laughs> Did you feel that you had to uphold the the family tradition, though?
2: I really didn't feel that way when I was younger. I didn't start feeling that way until uh, I started singing professionally. And... um that is really, that's a great question because also I really didn't, I, like I said, I really didn't feel pressured to be, um, to carry on the torch, so to speak. But as I became more aware, because also, yes, my father played with all of these great people and my mom always made sure that I was um, connected to that by taking me to those shows and all those things type of things but mm-hmm. they never neither one of them really pressed me to be in that sector so yeah they never pressed me to be a, a part of that and i and really surprisingly i really didn't know the importance of it <laughs> as a kid i didn't really I, no, it no. wasn't really like i didn't feel like oh wow you know my dad is You know, they're legends, but I just didn't, I never thought of it that way.
0: I suppose when you hear sort of, as a child, B.B. King, it's just B.B. King. It's just the name, isn't it?
2: Exactly.
0: But now you know that B.B. King is B.B. King.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And that's the whole, that's the difference. It, It became more prominent, those issues, once I started singing professionally and shared My family history, then that's when the pressure came for me.
0: So, when did you actually know that singing was going to be your forte?
2: I knew it in 1996. Okay. That's when I knew that it was going to actually be my forte. I was singing part time uh, because I loved it. And I, like, once again, I wasn't really expecting it to be my profession but I was singing in a gospel group, and uh, we took a tour. We had a tour in Italy, and it was actually at that time that it appeared to me um, that I really, this is what I wanted to do.
0: Oh, that's, that's a bit of a roller coaster of emotions, isn't it, between childhood and now into the actual music industry. Yes, 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 it is. was it was it a big culture shock for you to transition into, or did it come quite easily to you?
2: It came easily, only because I never considered myself a blues vocalist, actually. Uh, and I yes, i I enjoyed listening to the blues, but I never sang the blues. And my mother, um, being a jazz vocalist, she would always have me write out all of her s- songs for her repertoire and for her shows. And so that is really how I just absorb so much of that emotion of the music and the feeling and the lyrics and the wording and the phrasing of singing um, those type of songs. And that's where I really, I also, as a kid, you know, just writing those songs out, I, I loved listening to that type of music. And so actually when I started singing it, I was, it was an easy transition, yet a hard transition because I was not accustomed to actually singing as a soloist. Um, I was accustomed to singing with my school choir or singing in this, you know, church uh, chorus. And so not until and dancing was a whole different thing. You know, you can dance your heart out and do what you have and you're with a group of people or you're with one other person or you're by yourself, but you're not really standing still looking into the eyes of the audience. And so that was the biggest difference for me uh, when I started to sing was actually, you know, that first experience of doing a solo song and looking mm. into the eyes of the audience. It was scary.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> my knees were shaking. I was, uh, oh my god, I and I was like, I don't think this is gonna be for me, actually. But it was but it was yeah now look at you award now, winner i know it's it's really all surprising to me it's been a it's been hard work but you know uh, as they say um when you love what you do it's it's never work so it's like you just keep doing it keep doing it mm-hmm. just wanting to be the best that you can be and wanting well, I can just say for myself, you know, my hope anytime that I perform is that it touches the heart of the people and that it, it brings love.
0: And we will find that out during the show with one of your songs, which is a live version, and how the, the crowd reacts to you. So we'll find out that, you know, later on in the show. But mm-hmm. I want to to um, play your first song. So I want to take a break and play your first song, which is The Thrill Is Gone. Ooh. Uh, tell me about that song. Where did it come from?
2: The Thrill Is Gone came from, well, of course, because it was B.B. King's song, doing it. And so my father played that song many, many times. And so that was a tribute piece that I chose to record in honor of my father and his legacy and his music wow and of course to bb king um, and knowing bb king as a child and he was such a humble man
0: seeing his videos um, of how he greets people as he comes onto the stage shaking everyone's hands is he looks a gentle giant you know and he he allows his orchestra to each play a little solo of their own to demonstrate yes. you know their their ability their performance and their you know their experience um and each and every single member of the orchestra has an opportunity to play a few seconds solo before he comes on and it's absolutely amazing yes,
2: yes. he was such a he was an incredible man and the band was really, really, they were really together, really tight. They really, uh, and they rehearsed every day. They practiced, they did rehearsals all the time. And you would think that um, that wouldn't be so, but even though they, of course, they traveled immensely, and uh, but they had rehearsals every single day. And that's what makes made them great I I suppose as yes, well.
3: Absolutely.
2: You know, you have to you have to practice no matter no matter what. I tell people that all the time, you know, you um to be great at what you do, you still have to practice because you learn something new about yourself oh, yes. all the time. So
0: Absolutely. You
2: know, there's always something to learn even if you're doing the same song over and over. You will find something different in it.
0: Well, let's take a break and play your song, The Thrill Is Gone.
2: The Thrill
1: is Gone. The Thrill.
0: Is gone and my guest today is Habaka. Now you've performed on some of the hottest blues and jazz stages in the world. Um, the famous Catalina Jazz Club Los Angeles, the 56th and 57th annual jazz and blues riverboat cruise, Hartford Connecticut, Suoni de Marcia Festival, Treviso Italy, Carpenetto Romano, uh, San Vito Blues Soul Festival, Portello River Festival jazz there's there's just so many stages i'm I'm exhausted reading them out without having to perform (laughs) on the stage as well there's there's just loads and loads and loads of stages that you performed on and there's uh the the, the fact that you performed or shared a stage with artists like get this uh the original blues brothers wow bo Diddley, wilson pickett (laughs) yes Kenny Neal, Solomon Burke, Louisiana Red, Sandra Hall, Peaches Staten, Anna Popovic, Scott Henderson, Sugar Blue, and the legendary B.B. King. So what was going through your mind just now as I was reading out all your accomplishments?
2: I was actually, you know, I have a huge smile on my face and hearing you read that off it was i was thinking wow <laughs> myself <laughs> i was thinking wow and um it is quite a a good feeling uh to have been able to accomplish those uh those things and to actually have you know graced the stages those stages and um it brought back a lot of memories too you know with a couple of those artists, Mm. um, because they're no longer with us now. You're
0: walking in in the footsteps of legends, aren't you? Yes. And that must be so awe-inspiring.
2: It is, and um, I never really think about that until I hear someone else say it, and I never even looked at it that way. Um, As you said, actually, I'm going to have to write that down, Neil. I'm walking in the footsteps of legends. I love that, and um, it also brings on a big responsibility, doesn't it?
0: It does, because now everyone's going to be expecting you to be as great as those legends, (laughs) and the truth of the matter is, is that it is true. You are a great artist, and you do deserve to walk in the footsteps of those legends. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, how do you feel... When you step out onto a stage?
2: Um, well, be, the moment, be, five minutes before I step onto the stage, I am a nervous wreck. And um, thank God I've learned how to channel that energy because uh, before it was just mm. really bad feeling for me. <laughs> but um, I'm a nervous wreck. And then the moment, it's amazing how your energies flip in a matter of seconds, and it's the moment I start making my way to the stage and and then looking out to the crowd and waving at everyone. It's just, for me, it's just, that's my sanctuary. That's where I'm supposed to be, and I'm just so happy. And, of course, I'm nervous, but the nervousness is that, you know, you want Mm -hmm. the people to like what you do. And uh, so that's where the nervousness comes in. And when I, of course, when I hit the first note, then I'm okay. I'm more relaxed, as as you uh, can say. But in the beginning, I'm very nervous. But when I see the people, I'm happy. And to see them cheering and happy, and it's a great feeling.
0: What's the largest venue that you've formed at?
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, let's see. I remember, and I cannot tell you the name of that venue, but it was in Budapest. There were actually two, one in Budapest and one in, uh, Germany that was just absolutely huge when I, I was not expecting it to be that big. And when I went out on the stage and saw the, hundreds of thousands of people out there <laughs> inside of my heart I was like oh my god and um and I was like okay get a hold I'm I'm talking to myself of course inside myself saying okay don't freak out you know just carry on as you always do <laughs> don't freak out that it's this many people out here um but yes that was very very those two moments uh they were like i would say more about 300,000 i mean it was just a humongous and i um and budapest was was beautiful but i was like <gasps> They didn't tell me it was going to be that many people. You know, I'm thinking it's a festival. Okay, yeah, it's a festival. And I'm thinking it's like all the rest, you know, when I say like all the rest, you know, 3,000. That's, you know, you're accustomed to that. But when I went out and just saw just just a sea of people,
3: <laughs>
2: I was like, oh, my God and they loved it and and you know another funny thing is that you never know what artists are going through uh even before they get to that venue or on their way to the venue and that particular venue in Budapest I had I had my musicians forgot to bring my suitcase <laughs> and the a promoter's wife had to rush me to a a store to buy some clothes because oh, yes. I, <laughs> I didn't have my suitcase or anything. It was just a hilarious evening. I mean, before all of that, rushing and rushing and then going out on the stage with a big smile, like everything has just been perfect the whole time. <laughs> if
0: only the people knew. <laughs> well, they will do now, won't they? <laughs> everything-
2: They will know now, I've never shared that with anyone.
0: There's one question that really sort of gets me. Every time I watch a live concert and I think, how do these artists remember their, their songs? Because sometimes artists have thousands of songs on the albums that they release. And they perform different songs from different albums. And you think, how do they manage to remember? Is there some kind of auto cue that's sitting on the edge of the stage that um, the artist actually glances into just to make sure that they're singing the right song?
2: Well, you know what? Um, For me, there isn't. I don't know about everybody else, but I don't have an auto cue. And uh it's so funny that you uh, asked that question, but it is really, yeah, that is an art to be able to m- memorize and remember every single song. And to be honest with you, there have been times when I have drawn a complete <laughs> blank uh of, for the song that I was getting ready that the band is playing. And I'm like, I don't remember the words and I will turn around and get close to one of my musicians and say, I need you to tell me the first word of the song. And when I hear the first word, amazingly, everything else rushes back in. But there have been instances where I had a complete blank and I was like, oh my God, I don't remember the words. I don't know, I don't, I can't remember it.
0: You go to one musician, you turn to him and you say, "What's the first word?" And he says, oh, "I don't know." Do you go to another musician say, "What's the first word?" <laughs> Until someone gives you the first word.
2: You know, yeah, that's really funny. And that, but that's <laughs> never happened to me. So <laughs> thank God I've not ever had that experience because I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have played it off and tell the audience, "Tell me the first uh, word of this yes. song." You know. Um, because that's where your expertise comes in as an artist as well and learning how to you know take that moment and turn it into something fun or great and you know and then you realize um, wow I made it through that moment and this is those are things that can't be taught to people because you know those are instances that happen that you don't expect but like I said once again that's where your creativeness and your expertise comes in on how to handle that situation do
0: you feel that you've achieved what you've wanted to do oh wow um sorry I've turned it right on its head haven't I <laughs> I've thrown you a bit yes, out of your comfort zone yeah. I can feel that <laughs>
2: um you know well it's good to be out of my comfort zone I'm learning that it's always good a, a little push here and there You know that's a a double-edged response because on some on some points I feel like I have accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, and then of course the other side of me wants to accomplish more. Um, And I guess I could say that on the part of feeling like I have accomplished is that yes, I have already created a, a, a legacy that will last forever with the internet. Um, you know, when I'm no longer here, my, my voice will always circulate, be circulating and be heard. But of course the other part of me is wanting to also create more and do more if I can to, to, you know, for the world, for the, for people, um, helping in communities and, uh, th- those type of things. I would like to do more, uh, being a mentor, you know, to people, uh, who are studying music, uh, and being able to help, being able to help others. Well, we're
0: going to take another break and All we're right. going to listen to Like the Sunshine and it's the live, the live oh. version. And as I mentioned previously, about, we'll know how the audience reacts to you and it puts in context with what you were saying about the three odd hundred thousands sea of people at one of your venues and then we can get a rough idea with the roaring crowd that we're going to hear right now um, to the roaring crowd that you would have experienced that very uh, day on stage. So let's give it a uh, listen to now. It's like the sunshine.
1: Grazie. Thank you. We love you. Woo. Grazie. Woo! Grazie. We love you.
0: You can hear the crowd roar as Habaka sings like the sunshine. Here's a tough question. If you weren't born into a musical family, would you still be a singer?
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> um I probably would still be a singer because um Like I said, I really wasn't pushed to become a vocalist. Actually, no one in my family ever uh, told me that I needed to be singing. Um, And I doing it in school in the school choir or school chorus, if you want to say. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I I just didn't never. I never saw myself as a. stand up alone front person I always uh saw myself you know in a group of people I felt comfortable with uh blending in you know with all the voices <clears throat> and so I believe yes I believe that I would have still become a vocalist because um it was a it was a a god given gift so um it would have had to come out eventually anyway because it was it was in there and even though i was afraid it the defeating the fear was stronger than me because uh i become someone else when i'm singing another person that's no longer that shy really i'm very very shy <laughs> i wouldn't have thought that yes i know people react the same way people react the same way when i say that but i I really am. I'm very, very, very shy. And um, but, like I said once again, when I start singing, uh, it's it's someone else appears. The other the <laughs> other part of me appears. <laughs> Great question. So, Neil. where
0: do you get your inspirations from for these songs that you write?
2: Well, I get the inspiration from okay life, life and you know, also people just, you know, speaking with your friends and, um, of course, my own personal, uh, experiences throughout life. And, uh, you know, we all have a, I, I always say, you know, we all have a story. And so, you know, even listening and talking to someone, you can hear, um, bits and pieces of their story and so that's how you can actually come up with really great songs and you know and it comes just straight from the heart
0: who are your biggest influencers and what influences you
2: Mm, my biggest influencers well i Mm. love jazz blues well i love jazz and blues and um i find that um the Cassandra Wilson, Carmen McRae, you know all of the greats. Uh, you know, Billie Holiday, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, um, Ma Rainey, uh, Bessie Smith. You know, even listening to their life stories. Um, if you listen to their life stories, they were all just incredible. And I, and you know, like I said before we all have a story to tell but and that's how you release it now for me when i'm singing it's also a therapy mm-hmm. for me as well it's my biggest therapy and um but yeah um Carmen Lundy you know i love these voices those are the voices that i love Carmen Lundy and um their their experience and their their uh musicianship for me is just amazing and uh I try to also uh bring my style of singing mm-hmm. uh in that way where I can um present my expertise and but at the same time presenting it in a raw way of from the heart because Yes, of course, you have to know the techniques and all of those type of things, but you don't want the technique to take over.
0: So if you could perform with any living artist, who would it be and why?
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, if I could perform with any living artist, I would love to perform Mm. with Carmen Lundy. And like I said, be, uh, because of her musicianship mm-hmm. and Cassandra Wilson, their style is very different. Um, and their musicianship, uh, and I love Shaka Khan too. Oh, um,
0: I love Shaka Khan.
2: I would love, 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 love to sing a song with Shaka Khan. Um, I've always adored her voice and her her strength, and she sings definitely, you know.
0: But she's very poppy, though, isn't she?
2: Yes, yes. She's
0: contemporary, yes. I should say.
2: Yes, she's contemporary. And I love contemporary as well. You know, I am a, a all around. It's so funny. I, I've had people in Italy uh, that have asked me before, uh, was I an opera singer? And I was like, opera sing it i was like no and they were like well you could very well be one and i found that very surprising but um, i think
0: it's because of the, the power in your voice Mm-hmm. and there's some comparisons that we want to i'll make shortly oh um but um let's leave it there in the air okay let's leave it uh, hanging okay. in the air for a minute because i want to play the, the next song and it's called Rolling and Tumbling, Ooh, which is, yeah. is is a fantastic song. And I listened to it. And the opening chords, it reminds me, and I can picture myself being on one of those those old Western train stations. Waiting that for, was waiting the feeling for
2: the tra- I wanted to, pres- uh, to give.
0: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and I and I can imagine being in the western waiting for this r- uh, train to appear because you've got the harmonica in there and it's so westerny and it's so great it's so gorgeous so I want to play this song but what is the significance with rolling and tumbling
2: well rolling and tumbling once again um I was giving this tribute to my to my family and that was another song that BB would do. He didn't do it often, but he did it, you know, uh, uh, he did it uh, several times. And I just really, really thought that that would be able to, you know, bring about that, the real essence of the blues and, you know, that because, you know, the blues has all different feelings and stages you know honky-tonk blues and like you said mm. in the station and so I was my aim was to bring about all of these different feelings you know in one place and I'm glad that you mentioned that because it lets me know that you know what I was imagining in my head um, and what I was wanting to hear and get the band to arrange it it came off <laughs> it came off there you go (laughs) you heard it here first
0: on new stars that is it that's the money shot that's it well let's play it um rolling and tumbling
1: well i woke up this morning my
0: So now you've had your train ride, it's back to the studio with Habakka. Hello again, you still with us?
2: I'm still here.
0: Right, well, as we mentioned before, we left it hanging a little bit um, about comparisons of your voice. And your voice has been described as being smooth, crystal clear, aggressive, yet sultry, commanding just what she wants from her musicians with the energy of Tina Turner. The, sass- mm. the sassiness of Eartha Kitt. The big vibrato of Etta James, because it's a Diet Coke break. <laughs> and Mahalia Jackson. There you go. Ooh. Ooh. So how would you describe yourself? These are what people described you as. How would you describe yourself?
2: Oh, it's so hard to describe myself. You know, I would say, now, I really... I agree with the sassiness of, uh, of uh, Eartha Kitt, <laughs> and I love Eartha Kitt. I had the the fortune of seeing her perform once, but I love Eartha Kitt. I would say the sassiness of her and that energy that that they're talking about, I would say also fits me with Tina Turner. Because when I'm on stage performing, my energy level is very, very high, and by the end of my show, everyone is in a is in a frenzy of just joy and dancing and happiness and free. And that's what I want people to feel. I want them to feel free. I want them them to leave thinking, oh wow i re- I now I remember how to have fun again." and to just let myself go and to just be myself and dance and jump up and down or whatever. And so, yes, I would say I agree with that, uh, with the Eartha Kitt, with the, uh, of course, Etta James, and, of course, Miss Mahalia Jackson. Her voice is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that I would compare myself to those. Those are very good comparisons as far as, who Habaka really is, and um, I love gospel, yeah, and so I was actually known in Italy first <laughs> all right from from singing gospel,
0: do you know what I think would be an excellent song for you to cover on what? on stage with three hundred thousand bobbing heads, <laughs> and that is. Nutbush bush city limits
2: Ooh, i have done that before with my band and it is a great song and you're right i need to record it actually but it is a i have sang it and performed it with my band it it, it is an amazing tune that tune is so energetic and so good
0: and, ro- that's and a, that's uh, rolling a down, down the river
2: thing. Yes,
0: yes I think' I've, I can now i've I've heard your voice and your songs, I can also um place them in cover versions and I, <laughs> seeing Tina Turner written down here, and I think, do you know what this is this is something that could work. And um, yeah. certainly, Nutbush city limits or rolling down the river. Uh, but rolling down the river starts off very slow.
2: It does, and, and I've done that. Suddenly, with my it band goes too. pow! It takes off, and it takes off. It's a great tune, though, you know, and also the way she presented it cool, too. You yeah. know, she she was very sassy. Oh, she was. She was. Yeah, yeah, she was very sassy, and that's really yeah. So. I consider myself in that light you know and so was Etta James it was mm. very sad. and uh, I I think those are very great observations and comparisons of artists for me mm. um and I'm, I'm thinking of you know my live performances yeah um because of course listening to me on the, on the radio or on a CD is different than actually seeing me live.
0: No, that's right. That's right.
2: So as a live performance, I would say those comparisons are very accurate.
0: Well, let's hope one day you can get over to the UK and perform. That'd be absolutely yeah, awesome. That was, that'd be I really good, wait. wouldn't it?
2: It would be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it, actually.
0: <laughs> I'll be at the backstage backstage pass yes. I'll be there
2: you'll be there you'll be there
0: <laughs> now you've had a lot of excellent reviews but one I've chosen is this in the play Twelfth Night Shakespeare wrote some are born great some achieve greatness and some have greatness thrust upon them Habaka is a perfect example of all three and that's Anthony Darkstone of Global Music Club UK um how do you feel about that?
2: I was totally blown away. <laughs> I was totally blown away with that. Uh And I really felt really good to get a review like that because that's what, I mean, I was totally surprised. I was totally surprised and I felt really good and it was just really, really, you know, as they say, it's always better you know, when someone else um, points out your greatness or your, you know, your accolades. And so I never really compared myself in that way. But to hear it come from someone else, of course, it's like, wow, okay, that's what they got out of getting to know me, uh, listening to my music. And so I felt really as I guess I could go back to one of your other questions that made me feel very accomplished uh, that I achieved um what I wanted to achieve.
0: We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back with her backer after her next song, "Love is never Lost."
1: Have you ever felt in love? From the start, there would be no greater love to ever touch your heart, but somehow things change. Have you ever heard a song that touch you to your soul, sent chills all through your bones, memories of love you can't control? never knew.
0: record label expansion records which has been spearheading the way to new and modern soul music since 1986 and has been teamed up with the jazz fm since 2008 so what's it like rubbing shoulders with the headliners and top record label
2: it's very exciting and i really feel what it. it's almost also you know like I still am pinching myself, so to speak, and I have not really, really stepped into the uh, mindset that I am actually have been chosen to be on this record label. I am very happy about it, and but it all still seems like a dream because, of course, you know, Mm. the time that we're living in right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so it's really seems like a dream uh, and I'm like, okay, is this really happening? And, you know, uh, during a pandemic, but it is. And so I think it's great. And I feel I'm just looking forward to um, my working relationship with expansion records and I am uh, looking forward to doing great things uh With expansion records, and it's another part of my journey, another chapter of my uh, of my life and my journey, and I'm very very positive on uh, what this will do for Habaka, for my for my musical career, and so I'm very very excited about it. And of all things, you know, I would I would have never If you had asked me something like that a year ago, I would have not ever thought about that, you know, or even saw that in my future. So where
0: can we go? Where can we go to get your music?
2: Well, you can find me everywhere on iTunes, on Amazon, on Spotify, on, of course, you can go to my website. Uh, at www.habakakfj.com, um, but you know, anywhere that they would like to, any social platform, they can find my music. Uh, just key and Habaka.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So you can be searched just by spelling Habaka, H-A-B-A-K-A. Google it. You'll soon find any link to this wonderful woman and her wonderful okay. singing which is breathtaking, I have to say. Um, Oh. Now, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. I really do. And on that note, I would like to thank you very much for coming on to the show. And um, it leaves me one last thing I would like to say to yourself, and that is, Habakkuk, you are a new star.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you
0: me and it's special thanks to habaka diane hines of entertainment bureau and to expansion records
2: yes and look for love is never lost
0: so join me next time when i'll be talking to another new star from myself and from habaka goodbye
1: there ain't no love in the heart of the city ain't no love in the heart